What an amazing morning. Six young people publicly declaring their love for Jesus, publicly declaring their faith and their trust in Him, in doing what they've done this morning. An incredible morning for us to see, to be a part of, and to celebrate in. And I tell you, as the years go on for these young people, you'll see them thrive. You will see them prosper. You'll see them do great things in life for God. I really do believe that. And as parents this morning, maybe get a hold of the DVD or watch online the words that were prophesied over your children. You know, the Bible tells us to take hold of those words that are spoken and given over our lives in prophecy and to do war on those words. Great words were spoken over, over these children, over these young people this morning, and I believe they were, they were words spoken specifically from the heart of God to them, and uh, I really do believe that those words will come to fruition. Amen. Amen. You know, as we bring this service to a close this morning, I want to bring to your attention some words that Jesus spoke, very important words, to each and every one of us. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it's going to come up on the screen, you'll see it. Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. We'll keep those words up for a moment. Jesus speaking to every human heart. Jesus declaring. These are words of appeal. Jesus appealing to anyone and everyone across this vast earth on which we live. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. That word behold is a very important word because Jesus is saying, pay attention. Understand what's happening when I visit your life. This isn't a casual passing of any visitor. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that has an undying love for you. The one who will be more committed to your life than anyone that you can ever possibly meet. Behold, he says, take notice, assess and evaluate correctly what is happening the moment I arrive at your door. It's a very important word and appeal that Jesus makes to every human heart. Remember growing up as a kid, in Abervale of all places, wonderful place if you want to go on holiday. Isn't it, Steve? Where's Steve? I saw Steve there this morning. Steve's from Abervale. And um, I remember growing up as a young person in my grandparents' home, and in their hallway, there was a little picture of Jesus. It's only about three inch by six inch. It was a small picture 
And it was of Jesus holding a lantern in his hand. And when I first saw it, I thought, what an ugly picture. Who would want such a a picture hanging in their hallway? Jesus holding a lantern. The background was dark and gloomy. And I just couldn't understand why my grandparents would want to have that picture in the entrance of their hallway in their home. I'd pass pass it by every day to the point that I no longer kind of noticed it because I passed it so often until I was in my early 20s. One day I looked at the picture and I realized that I'd missed something about the picture. Because it wasn't just simply about Jesus holding a lantern in his hand. The other side of the picture was that Jesus was there, situated in that picture, holding a lantern in front of his hand, in front of a door. The picture is a very famous picture, painted by an artist called William Holman Hunt in the 1800s. Let's put the picture up for a moment, just for you to see it. There it is. For many years, I'd seen, just seen Jesus holding that lantern in hand. I'd missed the real meaning of the picture that Jesus was standing by a door. Holman Hunt drew his inspiration from the words that we have just read in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. He was captivated by that appeal that Jesus makes to the human heart. So he painted his picture. It's a world-famous picture of the words of the appeal that Jesus made. If you look closely, you'll see that the door is old. And this is how he painted it. The hinges are rusty. It's a door that isn't often opened. In fact, there's overgrowth in front of the door. The pathway is not cleared, and yet Christ comes. I wonder if you received a letter from the queen or a noble person or a stately personality announcing that they were going to visit your home. Would you transform your garden? I would. Would you clear the way for them to come? I'm sure you would. It'd be spotless. You'd tidy away all your messes inside. Anytime now, the queen's going to arrive. I mean, the place would be spotless, wouldn't it? It really would. But Jesus comes to our heart. He says, I knock on the door of your heart. He says, behold, I stand. I stand at the door of your heart. It's a simple picture. A simple appeal. And he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. He's not going to give you a set of rules when he comes into your life 
or a new regime to follow. He's not going to give you religion. He's going to give you a relationship because that's what he's about, because he loves you. The picture of him coming into the human heart is not 24-7 prayer. It's not that prayer's not important, but Jesus walks in. And he doesn't come with his set of rules. He comes with an intention to have an intimate relationship with you in your heart. We're going to dine together. We're going to sit down. We're going to fellowship. That's the scene that's set in the appeal that he makes when he stands outside of our hearts. The garden might be dirty. He doesn't mind stepping over the weeds. The door might not be open. You know, I've visited some homes and I've been amazed at how many, pe- how many locks people put on their doors. You knock the door and then five minutes later, once all the locks are undone, you gain entry. You see, the human heart's a bit like that. We put all of our locks in place. And usually we let all of the wrong things in and we keep all of the right things out. It's just part of our nature to the point that, you know, in the end, we lock that door to our life securely shut because now housed in our hearts is fear, insecurity, sickness and mental diseases of all kinds because the door to our heart has allowed all of these intruders in. and We lock it up. We say, nobody else is coming in here. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't knock the door down. He knocks. Because that's how loving he is. He doesn't kick the door down. He waits. He waits. He'll wait 50 years for you. He waited 15 for me. He'll wait 50 years. I've known of him waiting 80 years for a person to open that door. I've known of him at the moment of death, even there, waiting entrance into a person's life and finding it. You see, such is his love. It's amazing. It's a personal encounter. It's a personal visit. There's no crowds here. Jesus doesn't come to meet with crowds and convert us en masse. No. Each and every one of us are unique. Each and every one of us are special to him. He knows your name. In fact, he says... He's numbered the hairs on your head. In my case, that's not very much. But that's the level of detail. You see, he doesn't just count the hair. It says each hair is each hair has a number. Well, I don't believe that. It's impossible. Of course it's impossible. But not to God. He can number. Watch. That's probably number ninety-one. Do you understand? You see, such is his love for us. 
There are things about God in his care for you that will just blow your mind. The love is on an unimaginable scale. Who would die on a cross for you? The sinless Savior, Christ Jesus, that's who, died to take my sin and your, and there was a lot of sin. And he died to take your sin. And he stands now as resurrected Lord. You see, the Bible says on the third day he rose from the dead. Jesus didn't stay on a cross and he didn't stay buried in some graveyard. He went down into hell, took the keys of death, and God raised him from the dead on the third day because it was impossible for death to hold him. It's only ever happened once, but it's going to happen a lot more when he comes back. He rose from the dead. dead. Death had no power. Now he lives to give new life, to, new life to those who will hear his call, open the door and allow him to come in. You see, that appeal that Jesus makes to each and every one of us in, in, in Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, tells us a lot of things. It tells us a lot of things. Firstly, it tells us that there's a way into our life for God, for Jesus to come. And we're in control of that door. You can open that door. You can keep it closed. The decision is yours. But he knocks and he calls and he knows you here. You simply have to believe, place your trust in him and ask him, ask him. See, it comes back to what Joseph said this morning. Ask him to come in and he'll step over the threshold. He won't make you religious. You'll have a wonderful, wonderful relationship with the King of Kings. You really will. Holman Hunt paints his picture and it gains huge attention across the world. People look at it and they question him about a detail in the picture that's missing. If you look closely, there's no handle on the door. And they, they thought that he must have made a mistake. There's no handle on the door. Mr. Hunt, maybe you should paint a handle on the outside. He smiled, looked at them, said, no, no mistake was made. Because the door to the heart only has a handle on the inside, not the outside. Christ won't force his way in. You don't have to worry about that. He won't twist your arm behind your back or arrange circumstances that are painful to extract a decision from you. No. He's too good for that. The grace of God reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. God's favor is on you for the rest of your life. But Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. He appeals to you and he asks you, can I come in? Paul and I were talking just on Wednesday. And I think we were both amazed really at how 
simple. Jesus speaks. You know, a lot of people think, I can't find him. It's so hard. It's so complicated. And yet when you listen to the words of Jesus, you find that he speaks so simply. Profoundly simple. Simply profound. Really. You couldn't get any simpler an image of a man coming and knocking your door, asking for entry. And that's what Jesus asks for. Let me say this to you this morning. You may be here today and you, you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You've never asked him to forgive you your sins. You've never believed that he died on the cross for you and rose from the dead and wants to give you new life, the peace that you so long for. He wants to give you. You may have never done that. I tell you this day, this day, what a wonderful day this can be for you because he knocks on the door of your heart. And now the appeal to you is if you will hear his voice, anyone, you see, anyone and everyone this appeal goes out to there's no preconditions he doesn't say have you cleaned your life up have you got rid of that have you got rid of no there's no preconditions this is open to anyone and everyone right across our world and it's open to anyone and everyone here this morning amen i'm going to pray right now if you've never asked jesus into your heart listen he says, behold, take this moment seriously. You know, you know, you hear his voice. And now, the action that you have to take is not to become religious, not to clean up your act. The action, the only action you have to take is what Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You don't even have to repeat a prayer after me, friends. We just do that to help you. But the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. A miracle will take place. You open your heart, Christ will come in, and you will experience the wonderful new gift of salvation that only He can give. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to help you to place your faith and your trust in Jesus. And as we close our eyes in the closing moments now of this service, quietly repeat this prayer that I pray. It'll help you. Just focus your faith and your trust in Him for salvation to be received by you in your heart. Pray this with me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I ask you, today to forgive me all of my sins. I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead victorious over death to give me new life. Right now, in faith, I open my life to you and I invite you in to my heart. 
Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, nothing magical about the prayer, but it was just an expression, an expression for you to place your faith and your trust in Jesus. You may have come with a friend this morning to watch the baptisms, or, or you may have just come here with a friend just to enjoy the service. Listen, when you go from this place, tell the friend that brought you, tell the friend that brought you, hey, listen, I prayed the prayer today asking Jesus into my heart. That friend will help you. That friend will support you. That friend will be a disciple to you, like Paul said, to help you, support you, and lead you on in your walk with Jesus. And keep coming to church. Keep coming to this great party, this great celebration where every week we thank God for his goodness in our lives, in saving us and giving us new life. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing before we go. It's been an amazing, an amazing service this morning. One we're not going to forget, I tell you. And one these, one these young people are certainly not going to forget. Listen, go into a new week rejoicing. And if you did pray that prayer, asking Jesus into your heart this morning, listen, on your way out, we've got a Bible for you and um, just a, a stories book. You can take it and be blessed by it. God bless you. Have a great week.